Welcome to episode 70 of the Process Podcast, Marathon. Today we have Coach Weaver on the podcast joining us. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Weaver. Hey, thanks for having me, big dog. Hey, thanks for joining us. Could you tell the listeners where you're from? I'm uh, originally from uh, Sacramento, California. I'm currently residing in the uh, state of New York, Long Island. I'm coaching football at Stony Brook University. Sacramento, California. What was it like growing up there? Sacramento. Um, Sacramento is a unique place because, you know, we're the capital city of the state of California, a um, couple hours from the Bay Area. Um, and then you got the uh, the influence from Los Angeles, you know, so um, it's like a melting pot in terms of culture. Um, you know, so, you know, in, in, in the state of California, it's, it's, it's expensive, um, you know, just the cost of living. And uh, living is, uh, is more affordable in Sacramento than it is the Bay Area and uh, down in Los Angeles. So you get a lot of people uh, migrating to that area. And, um, you know, like anywhere else, man, when you start to get a lot of people from different places, um, you know, there's there's a lot that comes with that, you know, good and bad. Yeah, yeah. So so what was your, uh, did you have any siblings? Um, what was your upbringing like? Yeah, so I'm the oldest of five mm-hmm. on my mom's side, out of my mom's children. And then I fall in the middle on my father's side, um, he's got six. And um, I didn't know my father until I was you know, a teenager, 13, 14. It's the first time I met him. Um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, just that, that cliche, typical inner city, single, single mom. Um, and then being the oldest, being a boy, and uh, just, just trying, to, trying to find my way, you know, trying to, trying to figure out who I was and, you know, having a lot of examples, um, you know, a, a lot of males in my family who, um, you know, was in, you know, in and out of incarceration, uh, you know, dealing with drugs and, and, and gangs. You know, I grew up in, in, in gang infested neighborhoods and just fighting those temptations, man, peer pressure, you know, trying to fit in, trying to follow the crowd, 
um, trying to find out who Diamond Weaver was and not really having a lot of examples, positive examples on um, on which 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 road to go down. So you know, I spent most of my childhood and early teens, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what it what exactly what exactly I wanted to do and 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 what direction I wanted to to go into. Just taking a look at you know where you grew up at. Uh, compared to, I'm, I'm from Florida. Okay. Um, we have, we don't have gangs. I mean, we have gangs that are present throughout Florida, but where I grew up, we didn't have gangs necessarily. We had kind of like north side, south side of town, you know, yep. and neighborhoods and things like that. But for those who don't know, what was it like growing up in, in an area where there were like gangs? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it start off as, you know, these are the people that you grew up with. You know, these are, you know, you go to elementary school together, you know, you go to middle school together. And, um, you know, when you start to get into middle school, you know, you start to venture off, you know, you start to go outside of the neighborhood, um, you know, whether that be for sports or, you know, just, just being a curious teenager, you know, um, the mall was, you know, <laughs> the mall was, was life, you know, it, it, you know, life is different now. Um, obviously with COVID and everything, but, you know, when when I was a teenager, an early teenager middle school, you know, going to the mall was like a field trip. You know, we, we would go to the mall and spend a whole day and not not buy a thing, you know, yeah. and just hang out at the mall. And then, you know, once we started to, you know, venture out, we started to see, you know, other people um, from different neighborhoods. And, you know, there started to be, you know, altercations and, you know, started to get into a lot of fights. And then you say, okay, you know, this is this is my brother. You know, this is somebody that I grew up with. He stays on, on my street. You know, we, you know, he, he spends the night at my house. You know, we, you know, we, we play video games, you know, in the morning and we, you know, we go play football at the park, you know. So this is somebody that I consider, you know, a loved one, a family member. And, um, you know, once they start to get into their altercations and disagreements, it's a, it's a it's an unspoken ruling of, of loyalty to 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 you know to protect that person and that person is supposed to protect you as well so and then that's when it starts to end up you know getting into identifying it as 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 being in a gang you know yeah. um because in every neighborhood there's 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 a color that's associated with it and there's you know there, there is a a history of of gang activity, you know. So once you start to really recognize your surroundings and your environment, and you know the older guys in the neighborhood, you know when you go out, when you go outside of the neighborhood and you get into an altercation, and you know you come back, and the older guys are like, you know, well, you know you're looking for that protection, you're looking for that support, and they're willing to provide that, and then you know, un, you know, unknowingly. You're, you know, you're participating in gang activity. And then, you know, once you're in, you're in, you know, in terms of, you know, you're affiliated, you know? So even if, even if you don't want to try to associate yourself with the with the place that you stay in, the neighborhood that you grew up in, people are automatically going to associate it with it just because, you know, you might, you might dress a certain way because that's popular where you, you know, where you reside, you know, you might, you know, wear a certain, wear, wear a certain color, wear a hat a certain way. You know, so it's, it's it's really just, man, you're a product of your environment. You know what I mean? To sum it up. 
Nipsey talked about it in one of his songs. I can't think of which one it is off the top of my head, but I know he said where where your granny paid rent, that's your game. Right. You right. Know? And so where you born and raised, you know, that's who you affiliated with. Is that exactly what you just explained? And so what was it like, you know, growing up in a single parent home, navigating through that life? And what was kind of your outlet? Yeah, so my, you know, my mom had me at um, at an early age in society standards. And, um, you know, so we kind of went through that process of growing up together. You know, I, I watched her, you know, um, become the mother that she is today, grow into the woman that she is today. And um, I, I really wouldn't be where I'm at if it had not been for her and her transition. Um, you know, she ended up, you know, um, becoming very spiritual um, at a critical point in my life when I was at a crossroad and I almost lost my life to gang violence. And, um, and that, that really was the turning point, which I'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was young, you know, and um, I had siblings that came after me, obviously. I'm the oldest of five. And then, you know, once my, my two youngest siblings, their father, he came into the picture when I was probably about nine or 10. And, um, you know, he was, um, you know, he was a hustler. You know, he was, you know, um, an active member and in uh, one of the local gangs and really, really influenced me to, um, to, to, to pursue, you know, both of those paths um, because that was my example, you know, and I was, that was the first male that really was around you know, when I when I was at the age where it was like, okay, I'm watching everything that this man is doing and I'm intrigued by it. You know, when I was at that age as a young boy where, you know, like once again, I'm trying to figure out who I am. Yeah. And um, you know, I love him to death to this day because I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at today because he, he really taught me how to be very independent. You know, go go get it. Don't wait for it. Um, you know, I I, I you know a short story, you know, he was big on you know, I'm gonna buy you a bike, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna ride to school in the morning. You know, you're gonna get you gonna get up, and you're gonna get yourself to school. You know, um, nobody's gonna. You know, my mom was. You know, I'll, I'll take him and give him a ride, and I'll wake him up. You know, just being a mom, he was like, nah. You know, you get up as a man, get yourself ready. You know, you hop on that bike, and you know, ride your bike to school. And that's really, <laughs> that's really when I gained my independence because now. I can come home when I want to, you know, because I don't have to worry about, you know, um, ha- having to uh, get picked up by my mom or making sure, um, you know, I'm, I'm somewhere. Because this was before cell phones was, was, you know, was popping like that. You, know, you had to be in a certain location. You know, there was a communication when, you know, you be here when I at three fifteen. Are you getting left? You know, that, <laughs> those type of conversations. You know, yeah. once, you know, once, um, and this, this started in middle school. You know, once once he planted that seed of independence, um, and I used to watch him. You know, he was always in and out. You know, because he was, you know, he was he was a hustler, so he never really sat still. So I I kind of felt that you know that's that's an example of, of how a man should be. Like a man shouldn't just be sitting around the house, you know, doing nothing. He should be out making moves. You know, so you know I would you know follow his lead, and I would you know be out around the neighborhood, you know, looking for something to get into. Um, and just you know, hanging out with with, with, with the with the other local kids um, on my block, and 
uh, you know, being being the oldest, and for a while, um, I was the only boy um, until my youngest sibling, which is my little brother, until he came into the picture. So the way that we we, we stayed in a two bedroom um, duplex, and um, they they turned the garage into um, pretty much a room for me. So. You know, that also provided an access for independence because I didn't have to go out go out of the front door to leave the house or come in. You know, I could just, you know, pop the garage door open, leave, hop on my bike, you know, you know, go to the to the to the local corner store, you know, go over to my friend's house or, you know, as as you start to get older, you start to get involved in other activities. Um but yeah, I was, you know, and my mom, you know, I think that you know, she gave me that freedom because that was our way of, 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 of having a connection, you know, because, um, you know, once again, being the only boy, being the oldest and just having my sisters around, you know, I never wanted to just be in the house. I never wanted to really, you know, do anything as a family because I'm just like, you know, that teenager mentality where it's like, you know, I just want to, I just want to go hang out with my friends. You know what I mean? I want to, I want really was, which was, you know, Really, I want to go be on the block. You know what I mean? I, see what these guys got going on. Um, and then, you know, from there, just having that independence, you know, and, I, and this, this is, I'm talking 12, 13, 14, those ages. Um, you know, that's when I just, you know, really started to get into a lot of, a lot of trouble, um, you know, which, you know, as a teenager growing up in those type of environments, um, you know, it's, it's hard to avoid. Outlet. My outlet was music, you know, my outlet was music. Um, you know, I, you know, to this day, you know, I love music, big fan of music. And, um, you know, that was, you know, that that was a hobby of mine. I collected CDs like a lot of people did at that time, you know, had those big CD books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and yeah, you know, and, and, you know, short, 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 uh, Short pursuit of a rapping career, you know. Everybody wanted to rap, <laughs> and and then I stumbled, I stumbled my way into sports. I was always an active kid in the neighborhood. You know, we would, you know, go go to the local park and play basketball. We would race. We would play, you know, tackle football with no pads. And when I was um, when I was 11, my mom signed me up for Pop Warner football and I played one season and fell in love with it. And then nobody never encouraged me to go back, you know? So I was kind of at a period where I was, you know, also interested, interested in some other things. So I never kind of really found my way back at, at that point. And, you know, I had once, once, once I had got to a high school, I wanted to uh, try for the basketball team. I, you know, I'm to this day I'm five nine and a half maybe, um, but I was you know extremely athletic, mm -hmm. and I wanted to try for the basketball team because I always play. You know, you know how, how it is. You know, growing up in in those type of neighborhoods, you can always find a basketball game. You know, mm -hmm. so, <laughs> you know, so I was always a, a hooper. Um, so I figured, you know, hey, I'm in high school, I'm gonna go out for the team. So I went off for the team. I ended up making the team, but my high school was 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 actually a you know a, a pretty good basketball program. We had a lot of guys that were getting Division One scholarships, 
and you know they were six six five and six you know they were all six something you know and here i was five nine and a half you know the fastest guy on the court you know going out and just playing defense just running around just being active and um my basketball coach he actually um you know encouraged me he's like Man, i think you should play football you know i think i think you'll be a good football player and I, you know, at that time, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe he's just telling me that because he's saying, you know, basketball ain't gonna work out. So, you know, being hard headed, um, you know, I was kind of like, all right, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm gonna be the next Allen Iverson, you know? <laughs> but also still, you know, involved in the streets, still participating in, in, in gang activity. And I was, you know, trying to um, make that transition, but it's hard when you know we go back to what we talked about earlier with you know these are guys that you grow up with these are guys that you consider family some were family and so i'm on a basketball team and my, my, my cousin he uh he gets into an altercation um, on campus and you know they you know somebody come and come gets me like hey man your cousin about to get in a fight you know how that goes so so i rush over there and you know, they're getting ready to to go at it. You know, so um, I ended up getting involved in the altercation. I ended up getting suspended and then getting kicked off the basketball team. So that was that. And um, so really, you know, that opportunity was done over with. And you know, looking back on it now, it was just like that 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 blinded loyalty you know that we feel because we grew up with these people and we feel that they have our best interests and you know it's like you know hey you get in a fight i get in a fight you know you go to jail i go to jail you know you and um it's it's, it's really something that's that's in the black community that we gotta we really gotta shake away from um, in so many different aspects that's a whole nother topic so from there, um, you know, I had got involved in, uh, you know, the big thing in, uh, in my neighborhood was, was, you know, stealing cars. And, you know, I started to get hooked up, you know, with a group of guys that were involved in that type of activity. And, you know, we would, you know, not, not, you know, um, stealing like luxury cars or trying to sell them or getting involved in that business. We just wanted to joyride, you know, we just wanted to go to the, to the party on the other side of town where the, where, you know, where, where the opposition was, the guys that, you know, they're, they're not from where we from. We just want to, you know, pile up in a car and, and go crash their party, you know, and, 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 and cause, cause conflict, you know, yeah. so it was what we were, you know, looking to do just being some, some young teenagers, man, just looking for trouble. And, you know, the first couple of times um, I was, you know, just, just a, you know, just a guy in a car, you know, and just, just feeling that peer pressure. Cause you, you feel like you don't want to miss out on anything, you know? So it's like, everybody's like, okay, this is what we're doing tonight. We about to go, you know, we used to call them stolos. That was the the lingo we about to get a stolo and we about to go to this party on the other side of town you know i, I know a, a couple females that go to this high school and you know they invited us and we would know that 
this high school is associated, every high school is associated with a gang in the neighborhood. So we would know that that high school was associated with with, with that neighborhood and gang. And we would, you know, still be, you know, ex accepting all of the, comp you know, uh, potential confrontations that we could possibly run into. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I remember the first, the first uh, time I passed up on an opportunity the next day, you know, we had this, um, you know, this area on our, on, you know, in our neighborhood, on our block where everybody kind of, you know, hung out at. And, you know, you would, you know, go out there and people be shooting dice and, you know, just, just hanging out. And then, you know, would always be talking about, you know, what happened the previous night, you know, and, and you just felt like you missed out. You know, they're talking about all of this stuff that they did and, you know, you just like, you know, damn, like you just feel like you just really missed out, you know, which is which is crazy to even think about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, eventually, you know, trouble's gonna catch up with you. And it was one one weekend and it's, it's always, you know, whenever those turning points happen, it's always like, there's always signs. There's always signs that you gotta really pay attention to, but you just, you're oblivious to it because you know, you're, you're being guided by something else. You know what I mean? You're, you know, you're being attracted to, to other things. So um, I was with my best friend at the time growing up. I was with him. He used to always tell me, he was probably about three years older than me. He used to always tell me, stay with me. Whatever you do, stay with me. I'm like, all right, all right. Oh, um, we ended up, we were probably, it was probably about 15 of us. And we used to get these Toyota vans because they were easy to uh, to, to 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 steal because the uh, the key locks on them were, or you can easily break them with a flathead screwdriver. And we would take the seats out of the vans, and you know you could just load a bunch of people up in there, and everybody could like duck down, so you could have, you know, you it looked like it, it, it looked like it's just two people driving, and you got eight people in the back seat, you know, so. Yeah. So those were our targets, you know. So, um, you know, it was one weekend we had got two of those type of vans, and it's probably about fifteen of us, and we're about to go to this this party on the other side of town. And I ended up getting in a different van than my best friend. You know, just you know, just in the commotion of everything, I ended up getting in a different van. And the van I get in. I would say probably 10 minutes into to us, you know, joyriding, whatever you want to call it. Um, we, we, you know, we, we, we drive by a, a police patrol car and, you know, we're talking 14, 15 year olds at 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, <laughs> driving a van, you know, regardless of how many people you can see. Mm -hmm. uh, so the patrol car gets behind us and then the guy that's driving, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, when I make this next turn, man, I'm getting out. So I'm the first one by the sliding door. So I open the sliding door and I'm ready to, as soon as he stops his car, I'm about to get out and I'm about to take off. And so, <laughs> so he turns the corner, turns another corner and then he jumps out hits the brakes and jumps out. And for some reason, I thought that, I thought I was in good shape. But when my feet touched the ground, 
gravity. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Like, I, I, maybe the car didn't stop. Like, I don't know. But all I know is that I just remember jumping out of the car and my hitting the ground face first. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> my, my adrenaline is kicking. I don't feel a thing. I jump up, take off running, and everybody's just going in all different directions. Just take off running and um, hop over a fence, hop over a fence. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, man, anxiety's going crazy, adrenaline's pumping, you know, and I'm just like, man, what am I doing? So ended up in this backyard and I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait it out. And then I'm just walk home. So I waited for about 15 minutes. I didn't hear nothing. So I come out of the backyard and I was like, if I get on a, you know, my logic was if I get on a busy road, then they'll probably just think I'm just somebody just, you know, I, I can make a alibi, you know what I mean? Like so many people could be, you know, on this road compared to being off in the neighborhood. Yeah. But at this point, they probably done sent out, you know, hey, we got, you know, teenagers joyriding, you know, black males. So I'm walking down this boulevard and this is, you know, before phone, cell, everybody had a cell phone, anything like that. And I kind of know where I'm at, but I kind of don't. So I'm trying to get to the main road so I can really figure out, okay, where am I? And police ride by and I'm like, oh man, but they ride by, nothing. Turned on their lights, came back around. They're like, you know, where you coming from? And I took off. <laughs> <laughs> In this day and age, it's probably not the right, I mean, it's never been the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. But in this climate, you know, just looking at what's going on recently here in society, Man, I was I was out of my mind to even do that. Yeah, I took off, and um, one of the guys gets out of the car. He gave chase, so he's chasing me, and I ended up, you know, I had a pretty good lead on him. And then I turned down a corner, and another patrol car pulls up. And at that point, you know, it's like I need to before I lose my life. I need to I need to stop. So they put me in back of the uh, car and they, you know, questioning me, you know, where you coming from? Why are you running? What do you know? And the one cop, I, I wish to this day, man, I wish I could track him down. And I wish I could, you know, find out who this guy was, man, because this was, this was a life-changing um, situation. Mm -hmm. He, um, he was a, an athlete himself, he played football. The guy that gave chase, and uh, he was like, "Man, you need to be, you don't need to be out here getting in trouble, man. You need to be playing football." He was like, "Man, like, you can go, man. Like, you can, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to be on somebody's football field, bro." So I ended up. Uh, it took me to juvenile hall, and I was in there for about a week. And then my mom was able to come pick me up. I had to go to court. It was my first time doing anything. And they couldn't really connect me with the joyriding situation. I told them I was coming from a party. And 
party had got shot up, you know, I, I, you know, I, I used that mm-hmm. and um, ended up getting, cause there, there was a curfew in the, uh, in the city at the time. If you were, you know, if you were under um, 18, pretty much, um, you had to be in the house by 10. So they put me on um, just, you know, a small probation for a couple months. And the officer said that a part of my probation was that I had to, had to trial for my, my high school's football team. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was no lie. That was his proposition. That was a part of it. So, um, you know, fast forward, man, I ended up, you know, going off of the team. And from day one, first practice, I was just like, this is what I need to be doing. This is, this is this is natural. You know, I was playing running back and um and the coaches treated me like the coaches treated the six five guys on the basketball team. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was that was when I was like, man, this is this is this is my ticket, man. This is my key right here. This is this is what I need to be doing. Um, and then I went through a, a transition of trying to really, really focus on that and and, and still having to fight off you know, that loyalty, that false sense of loyalty and that peer pressure. And, you know, now since I since I don't want to be as active, you know, now I got problems with people that, you know, people that I grew up with, people that I consider family, you know, because they see you, they see you making a change and going in a different direction. And, you know, they feel some type of way about that, you know. So the best thing for me to do um, was relocate. Once you, you know, got more involved in football, and, you know, what was a major turning point in your life at that point? Once I got in football is when I finally met my father, my biological father. It was around the same time. And, you know, my mom had been, you know, trying to, you know, get us connected. And he thought it was about some money, you know, and she just, you know, she just, you know, hey, man, I want, want my son to, me and his father, I want you to be involved, you know, and after, you know, years of trying to get that, get that put together, um, finally was able to arrange it. And I think the reason why is, it, I think it was financially, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, you know, trying to uh, get the child support and everything set up, I think something happened with his finances and you know it caught his attention you know so now he wanted to be involved and then he found out i was playing football and the first time i met him was after one of my football games you know he um my mom invited him to the game and after the game i come off the field and she's like i got somebody i want you to meet and i'm like okay she's like i want you to meet your father i'm like what so, you know, I'm looking, I'm like, man, you know, it definitely look like this dude, um, you know, like this, this is crazy. And my uncle, my dad's older brother, he also um, was at the game because he's like, hey man, I got a nephew, you know, I want to meet him. Because my, my, my father kept it a secret, you know, that, that he had, because he was married with, um, with three kids. So, you know, he was, you know, trying to, trying to not break up his happy home, you know? So when I finally meet my father, 
that week, that, that, that week, they took me over to my grandparents' house. I go over to my grandparents' house, and the crazy thing was like, you know, Sacramento's a big city, but it's small at the same time. It's like, man, like, you know, I, I, had, I had definitely been in that area and like around this house, you know what I mean? And it ends up being, you know, like my, my, my grandparents' house. So that was surreal. And I go in the house, and the way that they got it set up in, uh, in the living room is, you know, everybody's trophies from participating in athletics. You know, all of my cousins, you know, my uncles, aunts, everybody, you know, just like a whole trophy room, you know, mm -hmm. ribbons and medals and track, basketball, football, baseball. And, you know, for me, it was like, I finally had something to identify with. And then I was like, you know, I come from this, you know what I mean? Like this, this is my blood, like, you know? And then I, my uncle had played college football. He played in the NFL, you know, my dad, you know, he was, um, he was a big time high school football player, didn't play in college. And my grandfather, you know, had opportunities in the Negro League, you know what I mean? So I'm just really just learning that all of this, you know, just being this active kid growing up and never getting tired and running around the neighborhood and playing basketball all day, like this is this is in my genes, you know what I mean? Like genetically, like, you know, and growing up not having that, you know, seeing my cousins and my, my mom's brothers, you know, get locked up and, 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 and you know, in the streets and, and dealing with drugs and having a bunch of women and how to having a bunch of kids out of wedlock you know what i mean and just those are all the examples that i had you know it was never really a positive example and then finally i meet this other side of my family i'm just like everybody's educated everybody's you know college is common you know and we got all these athletes so that was a turning point for me because i was like not only am i capable but like this is this is this is purpose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm walking in, you know, my ancestors and you know people that came before me. You know, they they've done this, and me and my biological father, our relationship never really panned out um, how how it should have, and we really don't speak to this day. But my uncle. I mean, he stepped in right away from day one, man. He's 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 been my father, um, and we communicate daily. And you know, he's been there for me every step of the way. But that was really what, you know, once I started playing sports and then having that, you know, that exposure to, you know, the fact that it's 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 it's, it's in me, you know, that, that I that I that I have that in my blood. That's when I was like, man, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not destined to be in these streets. You know what I mean? Like the, the best thing for me to do is not buy a car and get a gold grill and get a gold chain and have a closet full of Jordans. You know, because that, that's, those were the goals that I was surrounded by. Like that was, that was purpose. You know what I mean? That was you were living if you were doing that. You know what I mean? Like that's that that was making it. That was positioning yourself you know, separating from the rest of the pack was having all these material things that we consider to be, you know, values. Um, that's, that's, that's when my mind really 
started to, you know, look at things with a different perspective. I, I want to ask, um, kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want to know, you know, once you met your, your father's side and you started to see that, you know, your purpose kind of aligned with what they already had done, you know what I mean? Um, well, how was it, you know, turning away from your community and kind of, since you grew up in your community, separating yourself from that life? You know what I mean? How did you pull away? The only way it happened was relocating. You know, and I, I talk about this all the time because it's from my personal experience, but you can change as much as you want, but if you're still in the same environment, those people that are around you, they won't see that change because it's gonna be hard for them to see you differently from what they, they've known you to be. And, 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 and it's hard, it's hard to try to change when you're in the same environment because you because you have to change the environment and then on another note when you do get a new environment you know i tell my, my, my you know my, my players you know our, our, our student athletes you know when we bring these guys from inner cities and they bring that inner city mentality our perspective our you know they want to hold on to that because they don't want to lose their identity because they feel like if they lose it, then they're, like you said, they're turning their back on their community. And I try to tell them, man, you got a, you got a academic institution on a division one scholarship and you're trying to get an education. You need to, you need to adapt. Don't lose yourself, but adapt, you know? And going back to um, what that was for me, you know, I I had to uh, relocate down south. I had to, you know, I moved to uh, Mobile, Alabama, um, because there was some things that was going on, and you know, there was, you know, I was I was kind of touching on it earlier, but I was, you know, hanging out at one of our, you know, local, um, you know, just you know, liquor stores where a lot of activity um, happened, and um, there there was a shooting. And a lot of people associated me with that shooting because, you know, just, you know, a product of your environment and just by association. And, um, you know, I had got my name mixed up into, you know, some, 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 some real life things that happened in the street, you know, and, and my name was associated with that. So, you know, whenever that type of activity happens there's always uh, retaliation you know because people are hurt you know people people somebody lost a loved one a family member a brother you know um and there's always retaliation and you know I, I had to make a decision you know because i was you know really just wrong place wrong time and i was in the midst of trying to you know make that transition and, and, and get away from that community in those ways. And I think, you know, being a spiritual man, I think God stepped in and um, had that situation never happened, I wouldn't be Diamond Weaver today. I wouldn't I wouldn't be on this, this call with you. Uh, but because it happened, it really opened up my eyes that you could lose your life out here, you know, just by being wrong place, wrong time, just standing by the wrong person, you know, just being in the wrong car, you know? And, um, you know, after having a conversation with my mom, we had family down in Alabama 
and I wanted to go down there and just play football. You know, that's that's what I wanted to do, I, you know. And she supported it, and it wasn't easy, but because I had the opportunity to change my environment, I was able to re-identify, you know, you know, choose a new identity of this guy that, 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 that wants to go to college and wants to get a scholarship to play football, you know, and um, that's what enabled me to be able to do that, you know, and I feel for the people who don't have that opportunity to relocate and they gotta, even though they're trying to make that change, they still gotta face those those obstacles that you got to deal with when you're going through that process. And a lot of people don't don't make it out, you know, because they fall to peer pressure or family pressure or they feel like no matter what I do, I can't get away from this. You know what I mean? Like I can't change. So I was I was blessed to have have an outlet to be able to leave, you know, and I've uh, I've crossed paths with with a lot of people that that I grew up with, you know, and, and, and was a part of that time period. And they see what I'm doing today, and they're just like, man, can't believe it. And they're just, you know, they're like, you know, I, I wish I wish I had that opportunity, bro. You know? Yeah. Type of conversations. Once you moved to Alabama and you caught you you had a chance to kind of live out your purpose. You know what I mean? You know, how was that feeling? And also where did it take you? What was your next step after, you know, football and high school? What was next for you? It was a it was an interesting um, journey, you know. When I moved to Alabama, it wasn't easy. It was definitely a grind, and you know, a, a few a, a few uh, key points I would say is that you know, coming from California, which is much faster than um, than Southern Alabama, you know, and but football was life down there, you know, high, especially high school football, and and and. When I went down there and I saw how motivated these guys were because a scholarship was a new life, you know, a scholarship was an opportunity to get, you know, that, you know, coming from California where it's like, you know, we, you know, it's, 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 it's just different, you know what I mean? Because there's not a lot of opportunities in Southern Alabama, you know, which in California, you know, if you're trying to, you know, have an honest job, have a nine to five, you know, things like that, I would say it's, you know, more of that is available because, you know, it's, it's a more vibrant state and, 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 you know, depending on what city you're in, then a small town like Mobile, Alabama, you know, where there's not a lot of, options and opportunities i mean I, I know a lot of a lot of a lot of young men down there they they um you know military is uh is, is a big is a big option for a lot of guys down there and then like working on the boats um, you know going that path you know but other than that man it's it's it's, it's, it's not a not a lot of choices you know, and they got, they got, you know, projects, they, they got streets and, you know, it's, you know, like you said, it's, um, it's not gangs necessarily, but it's a project and you grow up in these projects then you're associated with these projects, you know, and yeah. it's a project, you know, and they, you, you just can't go in that project, you know, so it was very similar, you know, they just not identifying with, with a certain color or anything like that, but 
you know, so I, I just, you know, I saw the way that these guys pursue sports, man. I know it's like that in Florida as well. Oh, yeah. You know, the way that these guys saw an opportunity with football, you know, so it, it was a culture shock for me because this was something that I kind of stumbled into, you know, and now I get down here and, and, and they looking like, man, you trying to, you coming from California? You fast? Like you trying to take food off my plate? You know what I mean? <laughs> they looking at me like, who's this running back from California? You know what I mean? Like, um, so it was uh, it was an interesting journey, man. But it definitely made me who I am today. And you know, a- another key point was just because I had came from the streets, and you know, growing up in California, where things move a lot faster. I was able to really navigate, you know, everything that they had going on down in Mobile because I was, you know, I don't want to say I was just a lot smarter, but it was just like I was raised different because it's it's two different cultures, you know, still poverty and, you know, everything that comes with that being in those type of environments. But I was able to just stay out of a lot of trouble because I was just I was just a little more sharper than than um, than the guys that were my age, you know, which was good because I was able to, and you know, I, and, and and you know when I did, because you know my family that I moved down there with, they grew up in the projects, you know what I mean. So, you know, I, I was still surrounded by a lot of that. It was just on a different level, and I was able to easily make the decision: I'm gonna go left if you guys are gonna go right. You know, and nobody would would question that. And I created that, you know, that, that identity for myself where it was like, he's just down here to play football, you know? And and I associated myself with people who who was who who, who that's that's th- that was their motivation, you know. So I was able to create a new new circle for myself. And um and yeah, it was uh it was a great experience. And it also played a part in, in in my process. So, did you go on to play college ball? You know, I was I was very far behind academically um, because I was not in the books when I was in California. I was you know barely going to class, so I had a lot of catching up to do when I got down to Alabama. Uh, but I ended up graduating, you know, um, by the by the by the grace of God and. But I wasn't able to uh, to get into any colleges because I was so so far behind compared to you know the, the guys down there who had made that decision when they were you know ten years old that they were going to play you know big time college football. They were you know that was that was that was the goal you know and they were they were pursuing that and they had put themselves in a position to be able to receive everything that they got. You know I was playing catch up and I was raw. You know, um, I didn't really play a lot of football like I talked about, um, you know, the activities and things that I was involved in when I was back in California. I had played like one year and I had a pretty good season, you know, and, and, you know, next thing I know, I'm down south. You know how y'all boys do with the football down south, man. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. So I get down south, man, and, you know, I'm just this, 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 this guy from California. They can run fast and, and, uh, and then they, they got some big country boys down there hitting, you know. So, <laughs> um, 
So, you know, I, I had, I was very raw, very, very raw, but I was, I was, I was, you know, I had it though. I was athletic, I was fast, and um, I should have been playing defensive back, but I thought I was a running back until I got down there and, 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 and them linebackers was, was, was six in high school. They was six foot, two, 215, 220. <laughs> had them big had them country Alabama boys, you know, on that defense. And I was like, you know what? I think I need the position, you know? So, um, so, you know, it was all part of the journey, but I ended up, ended up going to uh, Texas Southern um, just, just because I had, I was able to, uh, you know, just to, I was able to get in and the coaches had, you know, had got me set up with like a walk-on opportunity. So I went to Texas Southern and, you know, the goal was to, uh, to, you know, try to, you know, earn a, earn a scholarship. And I was there for a semester. And last thing I was doing was trying to earn a scholarship, you know, at a, at a black college. So uh, my uncle, who I spoke about earlier, um, he played junior college football in California. And that was, that was a part of his journey. He would always tell me, you know, California's got a great junior college system and, you know, you can always come back, you know, here and, you know, and, and still pursue what you wanted to do. But I never wanted to. The reason why I didn't have that as an option, because I didn't want to go back and face my past, you know. Yeah. So I was always looking for alternatives. But, you know, you can't you, you can't run from 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 your purpose, man. You can't run from what uh, what God has planned for you. So, you know, the cards ended up you know, turned into uh, me going back to California and playing junior college football, which was the best thing that I ever did uh, because I was able to, you know, you know, start fresh and, and, and really learn the game of football and develop my fundamentals and, and play, play cornerback, play defense, uh, and really grow and develop as a student athlete. And I ended up going to a Santa Rosa Junior College, which, which changed my life. Um, that place has a, has, a, has a very, very dear place in my heart because it allowed me to to really develop into the man that I am today. And um, I played there for two years. You know, I was all state, all conference. Um, I was a student athlete of, of, of the year at, at the college. And I ended up, you know, getting my associate's degree and um, in social and behavioral studies, and I had I had over ten Division One scholarships, and I ended up um, going to the University of Akron in Ohio because um, they allowed all my all my credits to transfer over from the junior college, and they told me that I would have my degree in a year and a half. So I was looking at it like, okay, if I can get my degree in a year and a half, then I can get them to possibly pay for some graduate some graduate school and if, if 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 the NFL comes knocking, I could have my degree before I leave. So that was why I chose the University of Akron. And um, yeah, man, so I went from, you know, this 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 young teenager um, trying to trying to find himself, you know, trying to find something to identify with and, and getting caught up in the streets and, you know, getting involved in all type of activity and then moving down to Alabama and, and going through that 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 transition of, of different culture and 
and um, scraping my way to a high school diploma and then making my way back out to California to go play junior college football and um, and earning a earning earning earn a division one scholarship, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you get into coaching? Did you always know you wanted to coach, or what was your what was your goal once you got into acting? Yeah. So the goal was the NFL, you know. Um, and 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 that that's you know I wanted to get my degree. You know, definitely wanted to get my education. That was big. But I but I wanted to you know wanted to play at the next level and. I had uh, I had a few opportunities, um, you know, in the NFL and the CFL, and then I started playing some arena football, and um, it just got to a point. I, you know, I had chased it for probably two and a half years, and I was just like, okay, you know, I'm gonna do whatever I got to do. I'm gonna fly here. I'm gonna bus here. I'm gonna sleep on this couch. I'm gonna, you know, work out and train every day. Um, I said I was gonna do it for for two years. And, and I gave it all I all I could, and no regrets. And um, when when I was uh, they they had this, it was called the the UFL, it was the United Football League, and it's like, you know, there's always these spring leagues or developmental leagues that pop up, and they try to you know create an opportunity for guys to continue to try to play football and be like a feeder system to the NFL, but it never really works out. But during my time, it was called the United Football League, the UFL. And there was a team in Sacramento. And I had um, I had ended up, my agent had got me set up with with a with a workout. I went and did a great job. I ran fast. I looked good in the drills and and, 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 and they was like, you know, we want to bring you to training camp. So I'm all excited. You know, um, not really excited to be back, back in my hometown. But you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm staying on the radar, and, and you know, I can't pass up on this opportunity. So I was uh, staying at my grandparents' house that I spoke about earlier, staying there, and I'm just working out, training every day, waiting on training camp to start. And you know my, you know my grand, my grandfather. He's allowed me to stay there. You know, he's supporting what I'm doing. He ain't asking me to pay no rent, anything like that. So, you know, I'm, I got a pretty good situation. You know, that, that, that allows me to be able to, um, you know, pursue this. And fast forward, the season ended up getting canceled. I never got the call to training camp, and I'm just like, all right, <laughs> what am I gonna do now? You know, I'm back in Sacramento. You know, I probably got $200 to my name, and this is the last place I want to be, you know? Um, so I was working little odd jobs here and there, and one morning I woke up and I was like, man, I should go volunteer at a high school and just help out with the football team. And, um, and I reached out sent out some emails to a, to a bunch of bunch of the local high schools and I said, you know, hey, you know, played division one football, um, you know, had some some pro opportunities, just looking to volunteer somewhere. And I ended up getting getting a call from uh from from one of the high schools and he was like, yeah man, could definitely use your help. You know, these these kids could benefit from somebody like yourself. You know, 
come out to practice today. You know, we'll be out there at, you know, four o'clock. And I went out and, um, you know, you know, players, they just, you know, at that time I was still lifting and things like that. And, you know, I had on my, you know, a few, a few, uh, few shirts from, you know, different places that I had been. And they just, every word, man, they just ate it up, you know, you know, they just ate up everything that I told them, you know, and it was a good feeling having that type of platform, you know, being a mentor and, and being able to have an impact. And, um, the, you know, the, the thing that really hit me was uh, I had this, this one player and it was, uh, it was during a game and he was struggling with, 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 you know, playing this player that he was going against. And I told him, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, he was frustrated. And the head coach, he was a hothead, reminded me of myself. The head coach is trying to talk to him. He not trying to hear nothing he got to say. Yeah. I put him to the side, <laughs> I put him to the side, you know, and we had a real, real, heart to heart, man of man, you know, like I kind of got after him, you know, and uh, and he responded, man, he responded. And I told him, I was like, look, next time this happens, do this. And it happened, it was later in the game, it happened. He did it, he had success. And as soon as he got up, after he made the play, we just, we just, we just locked eyes, we made eye contact and I could just see it. He was just like, you know, he just nodded his head like, man, like, appreciate, like, I appreciate you, you know? And after the game, um, you know, he wanted me to meet his dad. He was like, man, this is this is Coach Weaver, man. Like, he, this this, this is my guy right here, you know? Like, and it was just a great feeling, you know? It was a great feeling to, um, to have that type of impact. And, you know, they, they say with coaching, man, you get bit by the bug, and once you get bit, it's hard to walk away from it. And I would say that's the day that I got I got bit by the coaching bug and I've been coaching ever since. How long have you been coaching and where are you coaching now? Going into my ninth, ninth season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I started off I started off coaching uh, that that one season of high school and then from there I uh, got an opportunity to coach junior college football, which was, you know, also a part of my path. And, you know, you're dealing with a lot of, a lot of different type of uh, backgrounds and personalities and, you know, guys that are, guys that got stories. Um, So, you know, junior college football is, 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 you know, like if you watch those last chance use, it's, it's a, it's a very, very unique level, man, because you just got, all different type of stories and guys dealing with hardships and just trying to trying to make their dream a reality. Um, so I did that for uh, did that for a season, and then once once I realized, like you know, I think I'm pretty good at this. You know, I think I think I can I think I can do this at a at a, at a high level. Um, I started to reach out to all of my football contacts. You know, former coaches, um, anybody that I crossed paths with that was involved with uh, college football. And my defensive coordinator at Akron, he was uh, he was he was the defensive coordinator at uh, University of Central Florida at the time. And I reached out to him, 
and he uh we we had a we had a great conversation and we, we were on the phone for hours and you know we just really really just connected and you know he ended up getting a head coaching job the next season the next season he got a head coaching job and he, he called me, he said, you're one of my first calls. He's like, I want you to come coach for me. And I'm like, coach, would you want me to walk? What you want me to do? I'm there, dude, I'm on the way, you know? And uh, he gave me a job, man, division one job. You know, a lot, and, and looking back at it now, man, people, so many people, man, try to, try to reach this level of coaching um, and, and try to get these opportunities. And it was it was pretty much given to me, you know. He, you know, just like I said, we had that conversation that that night, and we just, you know, it wasn't about me trying to get a job. I, I just wanted to pick his brain and just let him know what I had experienced and why I wanted to do it. And it was it was it was borderline an interview, you know, unknowingly. In the next season, man, this dude gets a head coaching job, and he's like, "You're one of my first calls, man," you know. And, that, that was the University of Rhode Island. I was there for uh, two years. And then from there, um, I got an opportunity with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they got a, they got this uh, internship. It's called the Bill Walsh Minority Internship, which is highly competitive, um, very, very hard to obtain. And I was able to get one, you know, and it was a great experience. Um, really, really got to see what it's like to coach at that level, which is something that it's still, uh, you know, one of my goals is to be able to, um, you know, reach that level if possible, you know, and then to work with Mike Tomlin, man, who's, you know, as an African-American coach, you know, it doesn't it doesn't get any better than that guy. Like he is pinnacle, the face of, of, of representing us, you know, um, in this profession. And I, I got the opportunity to work with him, you know, and. From there, um, I thought I wanted to pursue, you know, I, I was like, okay, I want to do professional after I, you know, work with the Steelers. So I, I started coaching some some arena football in, uh, in Green Bay and just didn't didn't really have the same uh, impact that, that I wanted, you know, because you're dealing with guys out of college and, you know, they didn't been, you know, they, 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 you know, there's no telling how many coaches they've, you know, dealt with and, you know, it's, it's really about um, just scheme at that point. Um, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, really developing the, the, the player uh, mentally, physically. So I, I wanted to get uh, get back into, uh, into into that part of it. So uh, I had a high school opportunity out in DC at Gonzaga High School, which is a very prominent high school, uh, you know, football, private, Catholic football is real big out in the DMV. And I was working at, uh, you know, one of the top programs, nationally ranked programs. I spent the season there. And then I got back into division one football at the University of Maine. And we had a great, great year. That year we ended up, we went to the final four and uh, the FCS football playoffs. And then from there, um, I ended up at Stony Brook, which is where I'm at now. And I, I'm going into my third year here. Looking back over your life thus far, um, what advice would you give to a younger self? It's a marathon, you know? Yeah. It's a marathon, man. And, and that's why, 
Nipsey Hussle is, uh, you know, he's 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 had a huge influence and impact. I started listening to him when I was at Akron University, of Akron. Um, that's when I really started listening to his music, and you know, I've been, you know, to this day still listen to it. And when I first first really heard, you know, his lyrics and the things that he was talking about before he had even, you know, classified everything as the marathon. It was just always, you know, is what he talked about. You know, it's, it's just trusting the process one day at a time, you know, and just and just really, really having that persistence, man, just really being persistent. And if I can go back and tell my younger self anything, man, it just be just, just stay persistent. You know, don't go in the front door looking at the back door. Just one lap. Every day is the lap, man. Just one day at a time. You know, just continue to put one foot one foot in front of the other. And, you know, you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with that. You know. Um, and pay attention to the signs. You know, look for confirmations. You know, a lot of times, man, things are right in front of you. You know, but you can be blinded by your own ambition. You can be blinded by, you know, the influence of others. You know, um, there can be so many things that can allow you to not see something that's right in front of you. So there's so many times throughout my life, man, where, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, and you know, you got to learn. Sometimes you got to learn lessons, you know, the hard way, you know. And uh, but I'll look back, man. and. and just really just really got to be be aware you know a lot of times people you know they're clouding their judgment you know with with drugs alcohol with you know with you know trying to you know please the next person you know relationships you know so many things that can allow us to not focus on what we need to focus on uh, and a lot of times man it's, it's right in front of you but you, you just can't see it because you you're, you know, you're being influenced or blinded by something else, man. So trust the process, man. Stay persistent. Stay down. You know, it's, 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 as long as you as long as you are continuing to grow one one day at a time and you you moving at the right speed and uh, pay attention to the signs, man, and look for confirmations. Oh, yeah. You, that's a good segue into my next question. Uh, this this podcast is called the Process Podcast. I want to ask you, what does trust the process mean to you? Faith without works is dead. You know, that faith of a mustard seed. You know, staying persistent and patience, being patient. You know, everything comes in due time. Everything will reveal itself in due time. But you know, we live in a society man where you know everybody wants instant gratification you know whether it be social media you know for the likes comments and you know whether it be you know uber eats and doordash you know and just having <laughs> having it pull up to your door you know um it's like everybody just just wants something to happen now you know and they're not willing to to put that work in you know, and I think trusting the process, man, is, is, is working for what you want, you know, and not even being able to see it, you know, understanding that it's light at the end of the tunnel. I tell my players, you got to be your own biggest fan. 
if you if you look for if you're looking for validation from your peers from me from your family from your friends that can change weekly daily hourly monthly you know somebody could tell you man you, hey you the, you, the, you the best you got the best podcast out right now and then a week later be like I don't know what this guy putting out. I don't know what type of con- content this guy. You know, it's it's so fleeting when you put when you put your validation into others. You know, now you know appreciation is always appreciated. You know, when when you when people appreciate your hard work and things of that nature, but you have to be your own biggest fan. I think that's that's trusting the process, man. It's it's it's, it's understanding. The greatness that you have within you and understanding that you might not be at that point now but it's possible and as long as you continue to work towards it you'll get there i want to i want to thank you for joining me on the podcast you know sharing the glimpse and sharing each moment each phase of your story with us but i want to ask you um is there any lasting words that you want to leave with the listeners yeah i just want to say that um you know, first and foremost, man, you know, God is real. You know, God is definitely real. You know, not not coming from a religious place, but just there's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a higher being, there's a higher power. There's other things at work, you know, outside of us. And, um, and, 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 and you have to, uh, you have to understand that, you know, and, 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 uh, and develop a relationship with it. You know, whatever you want to classify it as, once again, not not to get religious, but, you know, we got to understand that, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't control, but there's things that we can't, you know? And on that note, you can't just sit around and and, and wait, for, uh, wait for a miracle, wait for magic, you know? Faith without works is dead. People help those who help themselves. You got to go out and get it, man. You gotta, you 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 gotta create. You gotta create the groundwork, and you gotta you gotta make people wanna wanna get involved with what you're doing. You know, make people wanna support you and contribute. You know, and um, and that that all starts with trusting the process. Awesome. Where where can the listeners find you on social medias and things like that? If they just want to reach out for words of advice or just to give you feedback on this episode? The best thing for me, man, is going to be Twitter. And it's uh, at Coach underscore Weaver. That's at Coach underscore Weaver. Or you could probably just search Coach Diamond Weaver. And that's uh, that's the best way, man, to, uh, to connect. And, you know, um, anybody, you know, if, there, if there's anything that I can do to help, you know, outside of uh, what the NCAA allows me to do, <laughs> you know, just in terms of opportunities to play football and different things like that. But uh, if you need some advice, some encouragement, you know, um, things that I touched on, you want me to go into a little more detail, I'll be more than happy, man, because, you know, I've, I've, I've learned that, you know, you have to share your testimony. You know, if, if God brings you through something, you know, that's that's your right to share that because you never know who it can inspire and encourage. You know, so uh, we can't we can't hold on to uh to our blessings. We can't hold on to things 
that happened where we know that God stepped in. We gotta share those testimonies and keep it going because uh, because that's how you bless the next person. This episode was brought to you by Overcome Achieve Clothing. Allow what you have overcome to fuel the flame of persistence as you face and conquer your next challenge. Wear your truth, overcome. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. Right? You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.